Welcome to the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. Show notes, links and contact details can be found at robnunphoto.com. That's www.robnunphoto.com. SCL is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network and loads of other great tech podcasts can be found over at www.techpodcast.com. Now on with the show. Hi and welcome to SEL, the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. This is episode 226 from the 11th of November 2013, recorded in Gospel on the south coast of uh, England in the UK. Well, hello everybody. Thanks for bearing with me over the last um, month. Um, Haven't uh, had a chance to record a podcast been really busy at work and, and home with lots of different things to do but what I thought I would do is record a quick podcast getting us back up to date with a few things answering a few questions from the Flickr photo stream and um, yeah that'd be about it now the other thing that I'm doing that's that's new this time and if I'm a little bit um, slow um, and keep pausing all the time is I'm actually recording this live as well to go out over YouTube and over the the uh, the internets onto uh, onto video with the, using a Google um they call it a live hangout on air um, recording, which basically I will record live on my laptop, my new laptop, um, and that gets transmitted straight to YouTube. And then what I can do also at the same time is is do some screen sharing and, and uh, show sort of screen grabs and uh, web pages and stuff like that. The problem with that, however, is that instead of just sitting here and reading from my notes like I normally do, I've got to try and do some controls on the the screen um, at the same time, and it all gets a little bit confusing. Now, if you keep an eye on the um, robnumphoto.com YouTube channel, you'll know that there's a couple of videos on there already that I've tried to do this way, and it's quite tricky to try and do all these things um, at the same time. So bear with me if you're listening to the audio podcast and I keep pausing... (laughs) Because what it is, I'm just trying to figure out how to do it. And also, since I last did it, Google has managed to change the what the layout of everything. Um, doing a live um, uh, hangout on air, which makes it a little bit more complicated while I kind of get into the swing of things. So, um, if you're watching the um, YouTube video, you'll see things like screens come up. And if you're listening to uh, this on the podcast on your iPod or um, mp3 player you'll have to go to the show notes at robinonphoto.com and uh, look on look on the links there so let's start off with what have i been up to well um been taking lots of pictures with my uh, nikon f65 35mm film camera um just trying to burn through a couple of rolls of that so i can then develop them and do a quick review of that i've been kind of working on the auto uh, the autumn assignment progress which is over on Flickr um, at the moment. Um, let's see if I can share that on video as well. Let's clunk that onto there. Um, and basically over there on the uh, Flickr group, robinonphoto.com, there's been some really great work going into um, 
the uh, the autumn uh, fall October November assignment um, if you go and have a look there's been apps there's been quite a few really good photographs have been added into that I must admit I've only added in one myself um, but I'll be working that as, the, as soon as the, the weather um, gets a little bit better that way as well um, but if you haven't started already you know get on over there join Flickr and um, put some photos in the group. The idea with these assignments is it's not about uh, a competition or trying to be the best, it's just about watching and learning from other people's photographs and uh, applying some of those things to ourselves as well. Now, you're probably thinking, well Rob, you've all gone a bit technological with Google Hangouts and on air and recording things to video and uploading them. And I have kind of done them a little bit in the past, really using a separate video camera but it was really time intensive to do it that way because you've got to render the video, then upload it to YouTube and all this sort of stuff. And, and I always really wanted to take advantage of the fact that you can record things straight to the internet using using Google and YouTube, but the, I had a couple of problems. One was the fact that my laptop was a little bit too slow. And the other thing is that our internet um, was uh, too slow as well. Well, I'm pleased to say that both of those things recently have changed in the fact that I've got a new laptop. I've now got a Acer E1571 Aspire, um, which is, I mean, I don't really know much about computers, but it's a an i5 processor, which can go up to 3.2 gigahertz. It's got four gigabytes of DDR3 RAM and a 750 gigabyte hard drive. Um, so you know, it seems a lot, lot faster than um, my old laptop. Um, everything's run super, super smooth. Um, and instead of running Windows XP, I'm now on Windows 8. Um, yeah, and it's kind of makes computing uh, the way it should be. Um, the uh, other thing, excuse me, the other thing that we've had improved as well is that we all finally got absolutely tired of our old Tesco broadband. Uh, which is <laughs> really, really slow. And we've bitten the bullet and we've gone for Virgin um, fiber optic broadband. And we've gone for the 100 megabyte package as well, which is uh, is the fastest you can get uh, widely available in the UK. Um, and it comes with a wireless router. But I have actually attached my laptop to uh, the, the router with a with a network cable and you do actually do get 100 megabytes out of it um, obviously when everybody else has got their laptops turned on or their phones or we're streaming to the Roku box or the Nintendo Wii you know individually it slows down a lot but if there's only one person on on the network and you attach it via a wire you can get 100 megabytes which is pretty amazing I mean you can download a movie in about three minutes you know it really is uh, really is uh, that fast so as I get used to this sort of technology and being able to record videos on the fly, hopefully what you'll see is a lot more videos coming out um, and a lot more podcasts coming out as well because I'll be able to not only record them a lot quicker but render them um, and get them uploaded a lot quicker as well. The other thing that, that you will see which I'm working on as well, um, especially if you're watching the YouTube video for this one, is the quality of the video isn't brilliant because I'm just using the webcam on my laptop and I haven't sort of set up any lights or anything like that. Um, but what I'll be doing is uh, setting up lights and maybe using you know a, a better webcam to do that um, as well. So that's it really, sort of bringing up to speed with what's been going on. And what I thought I would do is answer some questions from um, comments, uh, emails I've got to the blog. And I get a lot of questions through YouTube actually. 
Um, if you haven't checked it out already, the RobNonPhoto.com YouTube channel is pretty popular. Um, there's about 290 odd videos on it at the moment. Most of them are related to photography, but they're related to other things as well. Um, and you'll probably find something that, that, that that's interesting over there. So without further ado, let's kind of dive in with with some questions. So the first one is from Dan Will, and um, he asked the question from my um, Drawn by the Light book review. And what he says there is, um, I think what I made a come about how the fact that you should always check out your local TK Maxx if you're in the UK. I don't know if they have them in other parts of the our parts of the world because they have little book sections where they have remainder books and they go very very cheap. And Dan says, well, we have a team TK Maxx here, but I doubt they have books. Anyway, good for you. I find your videos interesting. Well, you know, you may well say that, Dan, but I would say, you know, if you have got a TK Maxx, go and check it out. Go and find the books. Just if you go back often enough, I guarantee you'll find some photography books. I can back that up because we went to Fairroom yesterday, which is our local, where our local TK Maxx is. And yeah, it's full of like clothes and things like that. Um, and I've been there sort of um, quite a few times over the last few months and haven't really got any books. But this Sunday, I did manage to pick up a couple of real bargains. Um, and this first one is by um, Steve McCurry, who you've probably heard about, who's a National Geographic photographer, most famous for the Afghan girl photograph. And this is a book of all his, well, not all of his, but dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of his uh, of his portraits. Really fantastic little book by Fidon. Um, a real masterclass in producing natural light uh, images of people from all over the world. And this book, which normally re retails for about £15, um, I've got it for 5 99 So that's, that was a real bargain as well. And, as a bit of an icing on the cake as well, this is the other one I got. Now this book's called um, Life, the Classic Collection. Um, and this one cost me £8. I think the recommended retail price is probably well it says fifty dollars on it but i think they, it normally goes to about 25 pounds on on amazon um, and this is a collection of the hundreds greatest pictures in life magazine all sort of beautifully um kind of presented in a in a large format hardback book really nice prints but what's really special about it as well is that within these prints there's 25 actual prints that you can that you can take out i mean you probably can't see it here but with that picture of uh, that monkey i can actually take that out and you can frame those prints and put them on the wall and these sort of special little prints are really high quality you know they are good enough to frame and there's even things like um tracing paper in between the leaves to stop the the pictures sticking together really is a fantastic book um that one so life the classic collection so if you live in the uk and you've got a TK Maxx nearby you know do check it out and keep going back as well because yeah most of the time it'll be cookery books but you'll find every now and again the odd photography book um, tucked in there. Now the next one is from Zeofiraba1 who made a comment on my Canon 350D Rebel XT look video it's quite an old video that. Hi I've got this camera how can I use the live view mode thanks. Well, unfortunately, the Canon 350D, or Rebel XT, as it's known in other parts of the world, doesn't have a live view mode. <laughs> You've got to look through the uh, viewfinder, take your photograph, and then you can review your shots on the on the LCD screen on the back, but that's it. Um, Bearded Piper 
made a comment on my Minolta SRT 101 film camera and accessories video called What's in your camera bag? And he says, love your videos. I have an SRT 101 as well. I got it from a pawn shop. The shutter fires and everything works fine. I just don't know where to find a battery for it. Any ideas? Thanks again for your great videos. Well, there's a lot of debate over this if you go on the internet about batteries for old cameras that used to use the mercury type batteries. Um, which aren't available anymore, so obviously they're a bit nasty to the environment. But the beauty about mercury-type batteries is they lasted for absolutely ages and had quite a high output. And I've got to admit that I haven't tried this myself, but a lot of people think it's worth putting in a modern um, SR44 or S76 battery and seeing what happens. There could be problems with metering. So it could be that because there's a difference in voltage, the, the meter in the camera is a little bit higher, a little bit low. So what you really need to do is, is put one of these batteries in the camera, just check the light meter actually moves, and then compare it with uh, another camera, say a digital SLR, of the same scene, and see if you're getting a similar sort of reading, or if it's off, say, by a stop, then just take, take that into account when you're metering. Or, the clever thing is, if you notice that um, the meter is, say, under by a stop, so when it's reading, I don't know, say you're at F8, and um, the camera says you should be at... Um, a 250th of a second, uh, say 125th of a second, but you should actually be at two, a 250th of a second. Instead of trying to remember one stop all the time, if you just adjust your ISO setting on the camera by one stop, that'll make the same adjustment for you. So nice and easy. So give it a go, see what happens. Um, there we go. Scrawny White Guys made a comment on my um, Canon Fit uh, EF or EFS manual extension tubes and he says I love extension tubes I bought a set of communicating Kenko extension tubes and they're amazing when coupled with the Prime especially my 50mm 1.4 I'll have to give some of the electronic ones a go well I mean yeah I would agree with that um, extension tubes really are wicked um, it's a very cheap and simple way to get yourself into macro photography and literally all they are is, is hollow tubes which you screw onto the front of your camera or use the bayonet fit and they move the lens away from the body which means you can then focus much much closer and um, I've had to go with manual extension tubes but the problem with those is you lose the, your ability to change the aperture and obviously autofocus where with the electronic ones you can they tend to be a bit more expensive but I'm definitely going to have a go with those now, Yegi Sue said, I made a comment on my film photographer's friend, the Epson V500 scanner, and he says, I'm looking for a scanner that I can scan my 120mm and 35mm films. I think the Epson V500 would be the best choice about my th about thinking my budget. Right, okay, but I have a question. If I go and buy any type of flatbed scanner and buy the digitalizer 35mm 120mm, Will I be able to scan the whole negative without any problems? This will be my solution. Okay, so the answer to that is that if you, I mean, if you don't know about it, the digitalizer with a Z from Lomography um, is a little holder for your um, film. So your 35mm or they do a 120mm, which enables you to then hold that film against your flatbed scanner and obviously scan it properly. But what it also enables you to do is hold it in such a way where you can still get the sprockets in. So if you're using a, uh, say, 35mm film in one of the special lomography cameras or in a media, uh, 
120 camera you can expose the sprockets which is quite a cool look and the digitalizer with those you know what you'll find is you will be able to scan 35 and 120 mil in uh, in the v500 because it, i might be wrong but i think the v500 has a holder for 120 film anyway so you know that shouldn't be an issue so all i can really say is that i haven't used the digitalizer from lamography but i think it will do exactly what you what you want it to do right well there we go that's it for this month's podcast thanks to the Flickr group for putting all their photos in um thanks for all the review the reviews on itunes that really helps thanks everybody who's commenting on the blog um thanks to everybody on youtube for watching and commenting on the videos and um, but most of all thanks to you for downloading and listening to the podcast and for everybody watching on uh, youtube as well um that's it from me for this uh, month and hopefully pretty soon i'll see you on Flickr. Thank <laughs> you.